listeners, welcome to the 73rd episode of the Tango Banter. I am your host, Yelizaveta. Today, my guest is Oliver Calker, an actor, film producer, and tango dancer who has been on the scene since the 1990s. Tango as a dance had a dormant period between 1970s and early 1990s. During that time, the dance, tango, was considered to be for old people, and younger people preferred more contemporary music. Oliver was one of the new wave of tango dancers who came on the scene in the late 1990s and ended up revolutionizing the dance. In this interview, we bantered about what led him to tango, what the scene was like back then, and how it changed over the years. We also talked about his tango film projects, including a recent film that he released called Fermin. Talking with Oliver reminded me how young tango is. It has such a recent history. It was fun to reflect on how it's changed and philosophize about what it's going to be in the future. I hope you too will be inspired by this episode. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy my banter with Oliver Calker. Uh, I read in your biography, the little biography yeah. I found on a website, that you were uh, born in New York, but you yeah. went to Argentina when you were three years old. When and I was four and a half, yeah, yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. So what, yeah. what brought you to Buenos Aires in the first place? No, no. I mean, my parents were living in the States. My father is a physician. My mother is a lawyer. And when my father finished medical school in Buenos Aires, they moved to to New York and they decided to stay there for a while. And I was born there. And then after four and a half years, my mother told my father, yeah, we have to face this tough decision. You have to think, we have to think with our pockets or we have to think with our hearts. And guess what they decided? <laughs> they, they decided, decided to with, move back? Yeah, they decided, or they decided to, decided to split it up. <laughs> no, 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 right. No, they decided to move back to Buenos Aires and that's where I grew up my whole life. But I went to the States a zillion times. Yeah. Many, many I... times, many times. I have to say, I I heard your name way before I knew who you were. That when I was oh. a baby, when I was a baby tango dancer, and I was first going to Buenos Aires, I would just hear this name, Oliver Calker, Oliver Calker, and I'm like, really? who is wow. this person? Yeah, wow. and then eventually, when I started, you know, learning a little bit about you, I was like, is he American or is he is right, he right, right. Argentinian? Well, I'm American. Like, it's right. so. Um, I think you sort of embody so many qualities that it's hard to pin down exactly uh, your identity without really getting to know you. So that's. I thought that was really uh, interesting because I myself am sort of a transplant in that same way that I was uh, born in Iran and then I grew up in Africa and then I grew up part of my wow. time in Russia. So. I have like a similar, I guess, experience of just being all over the place growing up. I would never guess that you were born in Iran. Never. I know, right? Never. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Yeah. The rest of the things that you, you were, you grew up in Africa or that you lived in, 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 in Russia, 
<laughs> Even if you've told me that I was born in Russia or Ukraine or Estonia or Latvia, <laughs> great. But Iran, never guessed. Yeah, never. yeah, yeah. So how, what was it like uh, for you when you first encountered tango? And I'm so curious, was this something that already was you were exposed to? Or was there a pivotal moment when you got introduced to tango? And it... um, well, I was introduced to tango since I was... Uh, raised in Argentina because I spent many hours with my mother's side grandma my my grandmother on my mother's side my 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 grandparents on my mother's side that they were from Argentina they are from Argentina of course and she used to be a tango amateur tango singer the typical grandmother who sings tango all the time and I used to watch TV all those black and white black and white movies that we used to see from uh, Argentinian productions in the 40s and the 50s that by that time in 1975 they were still showing we had only two channels you know or three that's it that's Argentina and uh, and then I used to grow up uh, watching this uh, tango show that everyone who is my generation between 45 and and 70 years old, uh, every Saturday we used to see this show that is called Great Values, Grandes Valores, Great Stars of Tango, where tango singers were singing all the time and the big orchestras and there was this uh, MC, this TV host who, were interview, who was interviewing uh, all the tango stars and actually uh, Fabian Salas and some of the dancers used to dance in this show but mm. nobody paid attention to the dancing part. Not even this. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, nobody paid attention to it. Uh, and, and when you see the, 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 the videos that they're all on YouTube, you see that the dance is not as developed as now, you know, and, and, and so quirky and, and all these choreographies were so, so, so weird, you know, no, you know, it's, it's, I mean, and but nobody pay attention back then to the tango dancing part. This is we're talking about 1979, 80, 81, 82, and three. And then I got introduced into tango because I used to go dancing every every weekend since I was fourteen. I loved dancing, and but I used to go to discos to 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 clubs. And I was very young. I was 14 years old. And I remember that I used to love uh, uh, dancing, moving, but I didn't know that you were able to learn how to dance. I always take the same example that when I remember clearly when I uh, had this uh, partner uh, at school, uh, first grade, that used to draw very well. And I knew exactly that I was not going to be able to draw that well, like naturally drawing. And I always thought mm -hmm. about dancing the same thing, that you either, you either know how to dance or you mm -hmm. do not, that you don't have a, an a ability to dance. So then after doing the math when I was 27 and, and, and after going to the clubs and going home alone, <laughs> I said, there's something wrong in this math. I have to do something different. I'm going to start dancing tango. And I took my first lesson, April 1998, with Tate and Carla Marano, who is living in New York now. And I never stopped. 
Wow. Never, never. And then after six months, I was starting to teach there at La Viruta, and I did my whole life in La Viruta until 2005 when I moved to New York. Wow, wow. So I'm so curious to hear a little bit more about, you're saying in the 70s, when you're exposed to tango at first, dance, the dance itself is not that popular. So why was that the case then? And when did it become more dominant as, as it developed? Well, well, I can speak for history, not what I experienced. Actually, when I started dancing in 1998, La Estrella dash La Viruta that were Horacio's and Luis Solana's and uh, Cecilia Troncoso and Doggy. There were four partners. They opened this milonga that was called La Estrella La Viruta, which is not located where it's now that it at the Club Armenio there in, 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 mm -hmm. in Palermo. Is another, it was in another place. And they opened a milonga like in 1996. That's the story. And then they just moved in 1998 to where La Viruta is located now and they used to open only twice uh, Wednesdays and, and Saturdays I guess and I used to go every Wednesday and every Saturday and there, there were not so many milongas there was canning there and mm -hmm. opening only Mondays and stuff and then I used to go also to Almagro which is a club which is a very legendary club actually I went to the closing of Almagro, which was a big sad time, that's in, back in 2000, and I used to go on Tuesdays there. But um, um, I think that the, like I started being part of the big wave of tango, but, it, but tango started in 1996 to be like social dancing, small places, mm -hmm. but the dance itself became, became like a hit when Tango Argentino appeared in 1985 on broad on in in paris mm -hmm. and then it <clears throat> they went to broadway and then forever tango started in the in the in the early 90s <coughs> excuse me and but <coughs> but back then in 1998 it was just starting i saw now people from our generation i saw them everybody i saw everybody start like the first moves uh of course geraldine rojas was a star already but i i saw the the the, the beginning of uh, of course uh, i don't know everybody ezequiel paludi dana pablo villarraza uh, el pájaro uh, i don't know uh, so, so many these names. are yeah these are the dancers who were the new wave coming after yeah. the yeah. The Milanguero crowd who are sort yeah. of the, yeah, yeah. the people who predate them. And yeah, it was a big, there was a big gap. There were like old people right. and grow, a, a growing crowd of young people like myself. I was 27 and there were uh, younger people more like, like I'm the oldest from my generation that you know. And there, mm -hmm. I mean, I think I'm older than, well, I'm older than Horacio a couple of years and... Pancho is my age, and El Pájaro, mm -hmm. and Valencia Batiuk, and Carla Marano, and uh, Alejandra Guti, uh, Alejandra Martinian. Uh, mm -hmm. No, Alejandra Martinian, it's, it's, it's older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, that must, must have been a really fascinating time. And I yeah, recently... I mean, in Almagro, that's when I saw Gabito for the first time uh, dancing socially, and I, I couldn't take my eyes out of him you know this what guy was, was what was it 
it was it was this I don't know this simplicity, the way he danced, the way he walked, the way that he stood up at the milonga and Almagro. It's like like I was looking at him, watching him dance, and looking at the place and all dark and cheap red curtains and the and the and the and the and the floor was wood and dark and in, in, in Almagro. You know, very very. It was a very very traditional place. You know. It was Sunderland, Almagro, La Catedral, who was at the corner, and maybe La Viruta, that's it, you know, and Canning. And, and, I saw, and it made sense, the tango smell in his body. I don't know how to explain it. It was very mm. elegant, very, very smooth, the way he danced. I, I mean, I detected him, like, in a second, when you see, this guy, I love the way he dances. Mm. Then and, I wasn't and... interested in dancing like he did on stage, but he had this aura this this thing that it was so tango smell you know like 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 the tango like, smell, i believe I like you man that. yeah yeah it, like like i believe you man i believe what you're doing everything that you're doing i believe you you're you're, you're for wow. real you know yeah and would you say he was dancing in the more the newer style that was all no 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 no, no 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 he was no. more like the milonguero milonguero just walking okay. a couple of turns that's it that's gotcha. it Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I recently dug up the earliest published YouTube video of um, that I could find of okay. uh, Chicho Fabian Salas and uh, Sebastian Arce dancing on a stage to alt music. Okay. Uh, all together, and they have bandanas yeah, maybe on. They're, they're yeah, wearing yeah, jeans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's maybe later. That's maybe 2002, 2003, right. something like that. Already there was a development there because, uh, I mean, I became very into tango, very deep. I mean, I was Mora Godoy. I don't know if you know Mora Godoy. Mm -hmm. Mora Godoy is uh, Horacio's sister. And also she's a, uh, now she's a very renowned, actually the most famous tango dancer in, in the world, if you think about her. And I was her first producer in 2000, uh, in 2000, uh, no, 1999, something like that. Like I was already, actually, I got something, look, Mora Godoy became very famous because she used to teach in a TV channel called Solo Tango, that they were teaching tango on TV and they had the videos and I, I, pro I became very good friends with Mora. I don't, I don't work with her anymore. And, and, and I said, I'm going to produce your next video. And I produced it. You see, this is the, the oh. portrait, uh, Tango Basic Course. This is Leandro Oliver, who was her partner. And this is Mora with, I mean, this is Horacio, I'm sorry. This is Horacio with Mora teaching. Uh -huh. You see? Back when and Horacio had hair. Yeah, Horacio had wow. hair. And, and there's all the, on the, and the videos. And this is Mora with Leandro Oliver. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, at, at the cover and they did a lot a big video clip and I shot this in 35 millimeters for the video clip in La Boca and it's it's great then I didn't uh, I didn't sell it anymore but that was the, like a big video that I did that big production and then I created a, a tango show with her tango motion that we went to Europe and stuff and I took many dancers I was like the stage manager I wasn't dancing I wasn't interested in dancing on stage you know never I was 
Interesting. So you, yeah. but you like the the helping other people be on stage. Yeah, yeah. I like the produ the production side of it, you know. So I produce shows. Then I open a tango house with her and the, the partners, the owners. They closed after six months of working and stuff like that. And then in two thousand five, I said I'm going to the states, and I went to the states with Luna Palacios, and I uh, landed in New York, and I stayed there for like six five years. Wow. We started to work, yeah. So how come you don't like stage performance? But you've competed in in. Oh yeah, I was the first. There's a big. There's a very nice story. Very, I tell it fast. I I went to the mundial, the first mundial uh, that happened in two thousand. Yeah, two thousand, two thousand one, and I danced. I started from the. Quali from the from the first three rounds, I had to go three rounds, and then I went made it to the finals with my partner uh, in Obras, which is a very big stadium, and I I came out uh, in between the first ten because they only published the first the winner, the second, and the third place. So uh -huh. um, yeah, that was the only time I competed. Uh, of course, when I was dancing with Silvina and doing performances, I had to do a couple of them on stage when I went to Russia and stuff like that. But I, 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 I never considered myself like a professional tango dancer. I'm not going to rehearse six hours a day, man. I'm not doing that. I'm not, do I'm not built for that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be two very separate camps. Dancers yeah. who really love that practicing and drilling yeah. and rehearsing and yeah. then dancers who just like to dance a lot but they don't yeah, necessarily exactly. like to rehearse <laughs> yeah and socially you know that's yeah. it i mean and between the dancers who practice a lot they're like different different layers you have the dancers who dance in tango companies they have the dancers who dance in festivals the dancers who dance in tango houses in argentina which is a big thing and a very good advice for any tango dancer who's just starting to get beat up in a tango house doing the same show and rehearsals every day for tourists, uh, I think it's a great thing. It's a great training to do um, that. Why? What do you think that that they get out of it? Just the rigorousness of it or what's Yeah, the... yeah. It's very mm -hmm. tough. You have to be on schedule, you have to be on time, mm -hmm. you have to you have to do the same choreography every day. You have to go on stage every day from Monday to Monday, you know, they rarely get a, a, a weekend, a, a one day off, or maybe they get one day off between every two weeks or s things like that. Wow. You know, wow. I think it's a very good training to be, you know, you will for, for females who have to use makeup and, 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 and be on stage, you know, it's a, it's a, mm -hmm. I mean, Carlos Copelo still does this every night. Wow. Is his peanut bread and butter every night he dances on stage. He's been doing this for 25 years. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, um, there are so many questions I want to ask. Yeah, uh, I want to go back just quickly to this point that you were making of where tango was at the time that you were growing up. Um, because for me, as somebody who's sort of on the sidelines studying about uh, tango history, I always hear a lot of confusion and I have confusion around how tango got really big during golden age and then it was almost shut down or it was yeah. sort of driven underground and then it sort of kind of started reemerging. And I'm still confused a little bit about like what was the political situation that was sort of 
happening okay. or how did it affect uh, Tango? I can tell you, I mean, from my perspective, I can tell you that on TV or in the newspaper or stuff like that, uh, stuff like that, I wasn't exposed to Tango at all. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like, 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 I can tell you that when I was, this is another nice story. My parents used to travel a lot and they used to take me to guitar lessons when I was nine. And I used to go with a chauffeur who took me to the tango lessons. And then I would take the bus with nine years old at night, at night. It was a different Argentina and I was exposed to tango singing by this guy who made me, it was a very old man, typical tango lover who might, who might died 40 years ago. And he exposed me to a tango and I was so impressed with the lyrics to the mm -hmm. tango that he made me listen to. But going back to the question is, <sighs> tango was not, and still is not, and it, this is the big argument I have with a lot of people, a massive thing in Argentina, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, like, and I'm and and tango was like like still I mean people consider it like in the '60s people when rock and roll appeared and the Beatles and stuff like that uh, people said tango's for the old guys mm -hmm. fuck it that's it tango's yeah. for the old people you know and then. <clears throat> According to stories or what I read in the newspaper, there are so do some documentaries in, on, on YouTube when the military government took place and took power in 1976, they shut down a lot of gatherings and they shut down milongas and they shut down everything. But there were mm -hmm. still places. Sundala used to still be used to uh, be open. But it, I wasn't exposed to tango like I saw it on TV every day. I, it was just this tango show, uh, and they were just showing only the, the 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 singing part, and the tango people were just on the background dancing. That's it. Gotcha. But uh, and then the big wave, as I told you, came in 1985, and then and then I think it was in the, from 1995, something like that, where people just started to dance tango again. But democracy came in 1983. But tango was, there was no, there was no expo mm -hmm. exposure to tango, massively, not at all. So you were interested in tango, but then you also were interested in acting. And I'm curious yeah, yeah. how that came well, into the I, picture. Yeah, no, no, because I, I studied business. I'm, I have a bachelor in business, but I never wanted to work in any company or like corporation stuff like that. I knew that I was going to be kicked out in a minute because I, I'm, I'm a very independent guy. I always wanted to be on my own, doing my own, my, I think the most valuable asset that we have in life, it's time and it's limited. And I never wanted to sell my time for money to put in a way. I, I would never stand the lunch meetings and the corporate uh, picnics and shit like that. Cause I always want to give my opinion and do whatever I want, you know? So, but I studied business. And at the same time, I was taking a lot of uh, drama lessons. I always wanted to work in film as an actor. And, and, I, and, and I took many, 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 do, for many years, acting lessons, you know. 
and and also I knew that that uh, going to castings and stuff like stuff like that is a very difficult journey, and uh, so I I I always had this I don't know this will to to or talent to produce I know how to make things done you know and mm -hmm. so I kept taking drama lessons and then I knew about tango and I started dancing and by default I started producing tango shows and stuff like that and and kept taking drama lessons and then one thing took to another and I started writing my first script but I was always aiming to film acting and mm -hmm. being in, in art I was a publisher for many years also uh, uh, stationery and calendars from uh, big uh, museums of the world, importing mm. them. I was always related to art, always, always. Even that I don't know how to draw shit and things like that, but I know how to <laughs> dance or act and write. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like this was your calling to eventually produce the film that you recently yeah, made. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fermin, that you saw it. Yeah, the first one that I did. Yeah, I would love to hear how, what was the the process of birthing? Because it's, it. as I watched it, I was like, this is such an intense, um, yeah. oh, extensive project. It looked so, <laughs> yeah. so thorough, you know? I well, really, it really felt like you put so much thought into all oh my the layers. God. Yeah, it was a big project. I, I mean, I used to, I used to teach a lot in New York and one, one day a lady calls me on the phone. She said, are you Oliver Kolk? I said, yes. Well, she said, well, I'm Susana Balan. This is an Argentinian uh, psychologist uh, lady who lived in New York. And she said, we want to hire you to teach us two hours of tango lessons. Me and my patient who was a woman a very nice woman that he, she was an, in an unhappy marriage <laughs> and yeah and she was very sick and I knew about this when I met them and and I remember clearly the first lesson we took the lesson and Susana who was like the she's making she was making this woman take lessons tango lessons to heal part of her process uh psychological or maybe her sickness she was very sick and and i remember the first 10 minutes of the lesson susanna kept interrupting me and saying well but we heard this that it's not this way the way we mm. need to walk or stuff like stuff like that so i said to her listen susanna i'm very good at this if you don't like the lesson that's fine. Let me finish the lesson. And if you don't like it, you pay me this two hours and that's it. No problem. But let me finish the lesson and try to listen to what I'm saying. Because I promise mm. you I'm very good. <laughs> yeah. And after the two hours, she asked, so what do you think? I love the lesson, she said to <laughs> Susan. So we became very good friends, the three of us. You know? That's why it's so important sometimes this... this uh, Kickstarter things in, in your life, you know, and I was already thinking about this. What else I can do with tango? And I was thought that tango was so rich as a genre that, you know, is the one of the only genres 
that it was developed like in four different branches independently uh, music dancing singing and poetry like 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 you can be a mm. tango singer your whole life tango poet your whole life tango dancer tango musician so it was so rich and i, I it pop up my 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 question what if or what happens if i can develop a character that speaks only in tango lyrics like would tango be mm. enough to develop a whole story about around this ability or this problem that this character might have. And I told this, this story after the lesson, one of the, after, I don't know, five or six months we're teaching, I was teaching them and she, Susanna looked at me, we're very good friends. And she looked at me and she said, Oliver, I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. After that day, this, this was, I don't know, December, I was in New York and I, Bought like and what like year three. is this? This is 2006, end of 2006, something like that. Uh -huh. End of 2007, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I bought like five books, script writing books. And I spent the next five or six months reading all the books that I could about script writing. And it was such a big revelation because when I was reading all these books, I, all the years of of hours watching tv when i was a kid that my parents used mm. to kick my ass saying don't watch so much tv you're gonna become dumb or shit like that and everything made so much sense like like this is a scene this is a midpoint of a story this is a character when i was reading at the same time we were saying this is so logical this is so easy for me to understand what what the hell I was doing studying accounting. Like I couldn't, <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand accounting. I was a very, I was okay student doing business, studying business, you know I mean? But I never understood accounting like, like at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was, I remember that very clearly I was with Silvina back then we were together dancing and working and we used to live together in, in New York. And we were, have, we were renting out a, a house in Queens. And I remember saying, you know what? Let me try. I'm going to write this first scene that I have. And I wrote the first scene of Fermin, the guy running and three people are chasing him and blah, 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 blah. And I wrote it. I showed it to Silvina. And Silvina said, I think this is great, man. Keep going. And it took me like two more years to write it. Like, like I was wow. writing very slow because you know it's 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 very difficult to write a script, a good script, if you don't have the gymnastics of it, you know, which mm -hmm. I don't at all. I I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, yeah, I'm not a script writer. If I have to write a script, I will do my best. If they pay me, they say write me a script. But it's you know, it's not that I have the the the, the script writing gymnastic that every writer does that they. They write their four hours a day and they have a deadlines and stuff like that. Not at all. And then I wrote it. And when I wrote it, I finished it. And well, one thing led to another. I met my business partner. I was already doing some small parts in different movies. And one thing took to another and I, I uh, shot it. And I had investors and we made money and the movie was a good success considering that it's a very niche type of genre movie, you know? And when did it, so from the time that you had the first vision, 2006, 2007, to Well, I started released? shooting it in 2013. 
Aha. So it took me like five years to find the right people to were trusting me to uh, to give me money, and I had the grant from the government in Argentina because Argentina, uh, like many other countries, except in the states, because it's a it's a real business in the states in Argentina, like in Europe. The movie business, it's subsidized by the government, but you have to submit the script to the institute and things like that, you know? So it took me a lot of time to write the first script and to make the movie uh, come out the way it was. But I knew, I knew that the movie, people were going to like it very much. I don't know if it was going to be a big hit or a moneymaker, but I knew that the, the story that I wrote worked. I knew mm -hmm. it, you know, um, and also the actor that I had uh, to play Fermin, Fermin actually is the name of my grandfather, my mother's father, Fermin Luis, and, 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 and this guy is like, a, he's still alive to, up to today. He was born in 1928, wow. he lives in Spain. Yeah, Hector Altero is our own Robert De Niro. This guy was the lead actor of the first uh, Oscar-winning movie for Argentina, the official story in 1985. That was the first Oscar that Argentina wow. won in a movie. And when he read, I said, I contacted a friend of my brother who is a big uh, TV producer. He's a big TV producer now and back then still was. And I said, listen, I have to reach Hector Alterio. And he said, let me read your script first. It was, this was my first script, you know. So I sent it to him. And a couple of weeks later, he called me and said, Oliver, I liked it very much. I enjoyed it. And I had a meeting with him. And in front of me, he called Hector Alterio to Spain. And he said, listen, I have a script in front of me. My name is Mariano. And he said, okay, send it to me. And I FedEx him. The script, I printed it, I FedEx him, and this is in 2009, I guess. Yeah, 2009, I worked with Sylvina in Italy, and two months had passed, and I had no news about him. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to call this guy. And I called him, and I said, hello, Mr. Alterio, this is Oliver Colker, I send you a script, Gloria del Tango, Tango Glories. He said, oh, yeah, 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 I loved your script, kid, he said. <laughs> I loved it. I said, great, do you think you can be able to write a letter for me saying that you're interested just as support and to submit it to the institute? And, and mm -hmm. one thing took to another and I had him as a lead role as Fermin and he did a great wow. job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. the actual shooting um, process took place over how many years? No, 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 no. The, the no, shooting, took... no. The shooting, take, once you have the money to shoot in the movie business, you shoot. It took me... I shot it in five weeks. Wow. And it then, yeah, and then it took me like six months or seven months to edit it. And, um, and like, and everything comes down to everything, you know? Uh, the music, which I wanted it to, to have a very big impact in the, mo in the movie, for me, the music was, was uh, written. And I said to Lisandra Robert, which is the guy who created Forever Tango, I worked with him when I was producing Mora's show that we used to have a show together. We met. I took him on tour for two years to Germany. And uh, I mean, we did two tours and we became very good friends. So I said, Sandra, I want you to do the, mu the mu music of my movie. I want all original music. I don't want 
I mean, some of the tangos we need, but I want original music. And he did a great job. And we mm. are very good friends since then. And, and he did the music. And it was great. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah. um, so now the movie's out. Do you have other vision for other projects? Or well, you... after Fermin, I did. I became like I moved to because Ar- I moved to Argentina to shoot Fermin, uh, mm-hmm. December two thousand and twelve, and then I stayed. I I stayed because I wanted to develop as a, like a movie production career, or acting, or I wanted to get into the movie business as an actor producer my thing is I, I belong to an industry where i am able to play three or four different hats i can produce i can write i can act i can direct i'm not saying i'm i'm not saying i'm teaching all four of them at all but if you tell me i have to produce i can make a movie i can direct a movie i can act and i can write a movie you know so from 2013 until now i produced eight more movies and uh, for with my business partner that we buy scripts and we develop them and then and then now I just finished shooting uh, my second tango movie. Oh, I, okay. yeah, yeah. So with El Chino Laborde, which is uh, the tango singer, and yeah, I came up with this idea actually when I met you or no, I, we met through Horacio's lessons, but uh, this is in. 2016, I was producing a, a movie in Argentina, and then I decided once I finished producing it, I went to Los Angeles to do a script writing course uh, at New York Film Academy in Los Angeles uh, in 2016, and they told that it was a, like a certified uh, course for two months. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, guys, the first day of lesson, you have to write a script in two months. Wow. That's basically the thing. Do you have to come up with idea with an idea right now in two hours? And that's the, the mission of this course. Of course, I knew that was I was not going to be able to finish a script in two months. No way. I, I knew that. But I took the course anyway. But I came up with this idea and I took it from there. And I kept writing during all this time until uh, now that I've shot it this year, the movie. That's why I'm a very slow writer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. Are there any details that you that you can reveal about this film? Is it, oh, yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. The movie, uh, the movie, it's about uh, I'm playing the main character this time. Uh, and uh, the movie is about a rock and roll producer, Moti Cohen, who is broke, who's divorced. His son is doing his bar mitzvah and he had a one hit song 20 years ago and since then nothing and suddenly he has an opportunity to come back into the business when he discovers a stutterer you know a stutterer mechanic who sings tango and he's gonna make him a star that's the wow that's the story yeah (laughs) and i did it with el chino laborde who's a very famous tango singer here in argentina who played the stutter mechanic and different very good actors very famous actors actually uh, who are introduced because our, I, I had a little name already in the business as a, mm-hmm. since I did Fermin, but I'm not famous at all. Nobody knows me, but I, but the script. Yeah, that's why I kept hearing your name for no, like, no, no, no. But in the tango field, <laughs> but in the tango field, not in the movie business. Like I, gotcha. like I, 
I'm not famous at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not at all. And uh, but when you write a good when you write a good story, good actors want to be in it. You know that mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that then the story is going to be a success. But when you write a good story, actors appear. Like it happened with me with Alterio. You know, it's it's like that. It's mm -hmm. simple as that. Yeah. And so in terms of your tango now, yeah. uh, you were here recently dancing. You were, I, it seemed like you were also traveling and teaching a little bit. Are you still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I well? yeah, yeah. Since 2012, I decided to keep dancing, but I used to have only like, I used to do one tour every year, once a month in the States. That's like the market that I go to. And, and if I was, was invited to festivals, I go and, and, and I used to work a lot with Tango Element as well with Julia. We became very good friends. And since then, when Julia was running Tango Element, uh, I was like her artistic right hand. I was contacting every artist in Argentina for mm -hmm. her and developing the artistic put together of the of the festival but i mean i was just suggesting i never took any decisions whatsoever i mean julia was the brain the soul and the heart of the festival and i think she's a very good organizer or producer i hope she comes back soon uh, but i used to work for tango element to be involved in tango and, and 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 stuff like that you know so from the time that you really started dancing you said at the end of the 90s um, that yeah, 1998. Yeah, so now it's been over a decade plus, two decades. Um, yeah. How, what is your, I guess, take on how tango has evolved, in the particular social tango? Um, whether you see any, is it is it better than it used to be? No, I think well. Has... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's better. I think it it has grown exponentially. But again, I always say this and people get, get mad at me, but nobody cares about tango in terms mm. of massive, uh, massive uh, uh, market. It's a, very, it's a very selective niche market because it has its, its, its issues, you know, uh, in many aspects. It's a, it's a music from 1940. Uh, you have to learn how to dance to it. Uh, it's not an easy dance at all. It's not salsa. It's not Lindy Hop. It's 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 not bachata. It's uh, it's a very difficult dance. Um, and again, and and also you, it, it's it, it, I can, I don't know. It has grown exponentially since I started, and it has developed in many aspects. You have uh, marathons, and you have festivals and that's it but i think that the biggest tango festival that there is maybe porek or maybe majorca maybe it's i don't know two thousand people go maybe in istanbul two thousand people three thousand people might go tops mm -hmm. any salsa festival it doesn't come down from five thousand people you know it's wow. like, like like you know it's like like uh, so to learn tang, Argentine tango is a, I mean, it is a social dance, but it's a very selective dance. If you think about it, it's very difficult to learn how to dance it well, uh, defining well. When I say that well, it's like 
being comfortable enough to be out there and navigate and dance with people and share in the dance. Well, it's a very personal way to say well, what is well in a social dance? Because if you think about it, I mean, there are definitions of well, I understand, but I'm saying in perspective is so personal when you're dancing with someone else socially that the experience with, with dancing uh, with someone else, uh, it's like, this is me, this is you, we're going to dance with each other for this tanda, and it's so personal that this is you're going to experience with me, and this is what I'm going to experience with you. That's it. It's like kissing. There's no way to say, oh, he kisses well. It's very <laughs> subjective. Yeah, it's an yeah. expression, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I um, actually copied a quote from your page where... Okay. You said, um, or I don't know who, whoever was writing, I'm assuming it was you. <laughs> okay. But your primary goal is to teach people how to dance tango in the same way that you were taught with passion, knowledge, care, and more than anything with truth. Yeah. And it's I was really it's curious a... what that means to you to dance well, with truth. I well, uh, very interesting. Uh, Tango dancing, it's, 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 it's an expression of honesty. Uh, you have to be honest when you're dancing with someone else because, first of all, you have to, if you're a leader, you have to guide that person. And if you're a follower, you have to understand and trust what this person is leading you to do. And if you don't start from a root of honesty, the, 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 the dance doesn't work like it doesn't work in terms of, of if, if it, will, it will feel fake if you're not being honest. I think what it what it can, what it drives people so much once we fall in love with this dance is this truthness that happens when we're dancing with another person in, in, a, in a tanda. I mean, it's uh, regardless the, the the good or the bad, it's it. I, 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 it happens to me or it doesn't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, it's so mm -hmm. that honesty has to be out there uh, when you're embracing somebody, you're embracing with someone else and that embrace without all the, the fantasies of the embrace and, 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 and all the phenomena that people love to write about the embrace and, and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's an honest action to do when you're dancing tango. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, and yeah, that's the way I see it. And I actually curious. have another, I develop another script. I, I have another that has to do with the, this is a new project that I have. Uh, still, this is going to be my last tango script, but I, I wrote <laughs> another script. Yeah. About tango and capitalism. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And what is I that think, about? Yeah, the the I the, the script is finished. It's like the first draft, but I'm writing because uh I think that there's a misconception about what capitalism is. And when I when you go to a milonga any place in the world, but especially when you're in Argentina, you see that uh the act of being at the milonga the milonga, the way it works, the, 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 the behavior of people at the milonga, it's 100% capitalist. 
but not in terms of money, because this is the confusion that people have. Capitalism is, of course, is about money, but people think that capitalism is about money and businesses and, and, and you have to kill your opponent in order to make money and blah, blah, blah. And it's so wrong. Capitalism mm. is the free trade of value. And value is manifested by money, but value is what you value in life. Whatever you want to value, you have to trade it with someone else in order to survive. I know how to make a roof, you know how to make a floor, let's trade, you know? Mm -hmm. So in tango dancing, the, the moment that one couple dances together and they are sharing, they're dancing, they're trading dance. That's it. So what happens, I created a whole story around this phenomenon that if you see any milonga, you go tonight or tomorrow when you go dancing, you sit down and you see the people, the way they behave at the milonga and in the dance floor, every couple, it's a little cell that they're exchanging value, they're exchanging dance. I'm not, there's no social tanda by default. There's no government saying, hey, <laughs> let's dance. Now everybody has to dance with everybody because I say so because of the benefit of the milonga. I, I want to do good and I want the milonga to grow. The milonga will grow or won't grow regardless what you say because you have to let people free to dance mm -hmm. and express themselves. Regardless if you're male or female, there's one leader, there's one follower and that's the way it goes and happens. So I wrote a, a script around that, you know, with the analogy that in Argentina, the country doesn't work. It's a very political uh, script that I wrote, but the country, it's not working well. And the treasure that Argentina has, that it was created by Argentinians, which is tango, which is a pure capitalist expression, hmm. is not being paying it. People don't pay attention to it. But the people who are at the milonga, inside the milonga, are all capitalists. But outside of the milonga, they're all socialists. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so is the intention to cause a bit of self-reflection so that people see the broader perspective? What is the No, the I don't overall... know if it's self... No, what, it, what does it mean? What is self-intention? No, I'm, I'm trying to say... I'm trying to send... You know, I'm not a political guy. I, I'm not interested in politics. But I wanna have. I wanna send this message because I think that uh, if you we don't understand capitalism from the way that I see it, uh, people will still be suffering. And everybody's capitalist, regardless of the fact that even they don't want to be capitalist. They, everybody's capitalist because you have to trade value and you have to create value in order to survive. So. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you don't, and so the selfishness that everybody's so afraid of, uh, it's so mis, it's so wrongly interpreted that that I'm trying to say, listen, no, 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 man, it's it's not as progressive as you think it is. I mean, in mm. tango, the capitalist system or the selfishness, it works this way and everybody's happy. Like, so like the references that when people are at the milonga and they're enjoying sitting down at the tables, eating, drinking, socially living their lives in peace, it's because they're having, it's being paid 
that social mm -hmm. welfare by the capitalism at the dance floor. <laughs> That's wow. basically what I'm I saying. Love that. That's what I'm saying. You understand? Wow. So, yeah. and if you speak with different milongueros who are now in their 70s or 80s and you ask them, so what happens with the guy or the woman who don't know how to dance? Well, they don't dance. They're not saying, oh, we should teach it. They say, fuck them. They have to learn how to dance. If they don't mm -hmm. dance, they don't dance. And what if there's not enough leaders and too many followers, which is the complaint? I know. It's happening all the time. All the time. Well, that's a very, well, maybe it's because also I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that, I mean, I think leading, it's very hard, you know? And also sometimes when you say leaders, you're saying male leaders or leaders, period. Well, I would say <laughs> because now specifically things male have leaders, right? And, exactly. Yeah. Leader, exactly. Male leaders. Well, yeah. I, well, that's it. Not so many men are interested in learning how to dance. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the fact that I can tell without being a scientific, I'm, I'm not going to make it because I don't have any numbers. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the truth, but given the fact that I agree with you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it always happens. Or maybe women are more interested in learning how to dance than men, regardless the fact that if you're a woman wanted to be a leader or if you're a man mm -hmm. wanted to be a follower. But, but if, you, if you take an extraction as a sample, I can assure that there are more women wanting to be leaders than men wanted to be followers. There's, Correct. There, I mean, I think Absolutely. it would be like <laughs> 10 to one, yeah. I'm sure. Do you think what women leading is something that's gradually that the dancers in, in the in Buenos Aires are okay with? Like, I know it wasn't yeah, allowed yeah. for a long time. Is yeah. it getting no, more, no, more no. accepted? No, it's fine. I mean, the, 20 years ago, there, there was no way that you're going to you were going to see a woman dancing. Only the only one who started like with her her torch and saying this is me i lead and i'm teaching it was gracila gonzalez who's still a teacher who was one of the first teachers that i met uh great teacher great follower teacher but she was a leader and then silvina silvina is one of the great leaders that started dancing tango as a leader from the beginning uh, since she was she moved to paris when she was 20 years old uh, but there are also many other leaders uh, now Inés Musopapa and Corina Herrera. Uh, um, well, Corina Herrera is the leader and some other, but, but yeah, they're great. There's not, it's not an issue anymore. That's great. That's great to hear. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Cause it seems like that's the smart thing to do, to adapt to the lack of right you know, male leaders it's like a lot of times people get right. into this like well let's make the lead the existing leaders convince them to dance with more followers and put them to work and it's like well you're not going to convince them to do more because no they're just they're coming to do what they want to do exactly so yeah well, you're a me, good you're a very good leader I saw you lead, so <laughs> thank you thank you well and I, you know I, and that's what i teach uh women leading here in la and that's kind of my been my, my purpose uh, in tango is to encourage women to just get up and, and learn the other part. So great. 
Yeah. Um, well, uh, Oliver, I'm sure I could talk your ear off for another hour. It's been uh, amazing to learn <laughs> oh, about you. Pleasure for me, of course. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Um, I really appreciate you sharing so much. And you're one of the people who really has seen tango from so many sides, having been dancing for so long. And it's it's been really, really fun to get the backstory, at least a, a little, little tip of the iceberg there. Thank you.